Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, we're going to continue in the broad series, What's Holding You Back? On last time, you heard the message entitled, How's Your Heart? And today we're going to go into part two of that, How's Your Heart? I tell you, this is an exciting message, and we're living in some exciting times, and oh boy, I cannot wait for you to hear this. It's going to richly bless you. Don't forget to go to our website 24 hours a day at www.kingdomrock.org. There you can hear today's message and so much more. All right, without any further ado, here comes today's message entitled, How's Your Heart? Part 2, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! One more time. Revival! 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 Revival is here. Hallelujah! Oh, we thank the Lord for revival, for revival, for revival. I am so encouraged this morning. I am so encouraged. I feel like I, I feel like I could do a jump back and do a backflip. Jump back and kiss myself. But I will refrain from that. I will refrain from that. But I'm very excited today. I'm so encouraged. So encouraged. Hallelujah. As we speak today, as we're going to continue to speak today from the subject of uh, how's your heart? And this would be part number two. How's your heart? How is your heart? Part number two. We started a few weeks ago. Hallelujah. Well, let's go with now with me, if you would, uh, to the book of Matthew, Matthew, the fifth chapter, Matthew five. We're going to read one verse and then we're going to just flow on today. Uh, if you didn't get a chance to hear part number one of how's your heart, I believe we have a few copies on the back table, possibly, but they are available online and on the Kingdom Rock app. You just have to uh, push the button to hear it. Hallelujah. It is free of charge. We want to invest the word of God into the rich soil of your hearts. Amen. Amen. I'm thank God. I thank God for the remnant of the body that will hear. Thank God for the many. All right. Matthew, the fifth chapter. And this is our, our, our theme of verse, our theme verse for this season. Matthew five and verse number eight says this blessed. Well, as a matter of fact, let's read it. It's such a short verse. Let's read it together. Ready? Let's read. Blessed are the pure in heart. For they shall see God. Oh, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. This one verse, it is so powerful, Gene. It is unfathomable <laughs> of how powerful this verse actually is. And I pray that by the spirit of God, we'll be able to really dive into it and get into all of it today. Notice the verse again. It says, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. This is so powerful. Now, I want you to notice something very odd about this verse, because uh, it's, it's an odd thing that we need help to see someone who is everywhere. Notice the verse again. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. God is everywhere. He is omnipresent. He is everywhere. He fills all spaces at all times. Now, the wonderful thing about the presence of God is this. Now, if you think about this, this, this is so incredibly wonderful. Since God is in every place at all times, 
That means that as much of God is in the throne room of heaven right now is in this place right now. He feels all places and all times. But the father will choose which place to manifest his glory, to manifest his presence. Are you hearing? All of God is here right now and all of God is there in his throne, in his presence. But he chooses how much to man, how much of himself to manifest in any particular place and time. Are you hearing? Does that make sense? Which is mighty encouraging to me. Especially if I'm going through something, I know that God is all around me. Hallelujah. As much of him is in the throne, his throne in heaven, you know, where the lightnings and the thunderings are occurring, where angels are going back and saying, holy, holy, holy. All of the power, all of the power and majesty that is there is right now, right with me, right with us. It's just that the father is choosing to manifest so much of himself or so little of himself. Are you hearing? And it is the pure in heart that will actually see God. Oh, this is wonderful. Hang with me. This is wonderful. So again, the pure in heart shall see God. Now, if we look at the term, the two words, see God or shall see God, it reveals something else about this verse that you've got to get. Here again, the pure in heart shall bless are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Say shall see. Come on with me. Say shall see. Now the word shall see is actually uh, the Greek word um, optonomai. Optonomai. And you think about the word optonomai, you, you hear the word opto or optometry. Right of or relating to the eye, optonomai. Are you hearing? And that word means to look. So when we say the pure in heart shall see God, it means that the pure in heart shall look at God. Goes a little bit deeper. The pure in heart shall behold God. Go a little bit further. And I love this. Optonomai, uh, optonomai also means to allow oneself to be seen. To allow oneself to be seen, to appear. So when you look at this word that says, shall see God, I want you to imagine someone playing hide and seek. Anybody ever play hide and seek before? Maybe. You were covered, right? They couldn't find you. Some of you had some good uh, hiding places. They could not find you and they got lost trying to find you. You didn't know where you were. Until you allowed yourself to be seen. You were there. You were there in the room. You were just covered. You were definitely there, but covered or veiled. But now the Bible says that the pure in heart shall see God, which means the father is going to allow himself to be unveiled or to be revealed. He said, look, I'm here. I've been here. And now you can actually see me. You can relate to me. Isn't that something? Now, remember, this Greek word means to allow oneself to be seen, which tells us as as well that God's desire is to be seen by you. Now, remember, what is God? The Bible says he gives us some, some of his characteristics. 
The Bible says that God is love. That he is also life. He is truth personified. He is truth. He is goodness. Hallelujah. You want to see goodness in your life? Hallelujah. You want to see the good thing? You want to see love? God is also a consuming fire. He will allow you to see him. And to see God is to see also what he is doing. If you can see him, you'll see also what he is doing, what he has provided. Seeing God means that you see here again him. You see what he's doing, what he has provided, what resources have been veiled, but now are clearly seen. Let me give you one example of that. When Elisha uh, was there. And uh, the enemy army, I believe the Syrian army, had surrounded him. And Elijah uh, was there with his servant, uh, I believe Gehazi was his servant at the time. And uh, they woke up one morning and they came out and uh, Elisha's servant uh, noticed that there was an enemy army that was surrounding them. And he went back in the house and said, oh, my master, my master, alas, what are we going to do? These folk are coming to kill us what are we going to do well Elijah said oh Lord open his eyes so that he may see so that he may see there are more with us than there are against us and the father heard Elisha's prayer and he opened his eyes and the servant saw that the hills were filled with chariots of fire all around They didn't just appear. They were already there. But it is the pure in heart that shall see God. That shall see what he has provided. That shall see what he is doing. And so even in the midst of troubled times or circumstances, if you can see the Lord, if you can see God, that will help strengthen you and encourage you. Are you hearing me? So this is a very wonderful thing. But here again, the odd thing is the human race has fallen so far is that now we need God's help to purify this heart so that we may see him. There are more with you than there are against you. Tell your neighbor, there are more with you than there are against you. You'll be able to see angelic hosts. So really, when you think about this, uh, this phrase again, the pure in heart, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. You're talking about having an open vision where God unveils and uncovers and reveals things that he has been doing. He is doing and some of the things that he will also do. He's allowing you to peek inside and see his activity. Isn't that something? Oh, this is wonderful. And so here again, this word suggests that God wants to be seen. He wants to be seen. But there is an issue that has to do with our heart. Now, I want you to notice, too, that in these last days, which we're living in now, really want you to catch a hold of this, because I I know the Lord is saying this even more so. In these last days, there is another reason that God wants you to see him. And we're going to get into this reason today. There's another purpose for it. Now, the Bible declares that in the last days and as it is right now, sin is going to abound. Is sin abounding abounding right now? Absolutely. Is it just growing and growing uh, in the culture, in the world? Absolutely. But where sin does abound, the grace of God does more abound. 
If you think about think about abounding being like someone jumping, able to jump over the tallest building. Hallelujah. Sin has abounded. That is, it has reached a certain height. It is able to jump over, let's say, that skyscraper, but the grace of God jumps over the planet. Oh, sin, you got it real good, didn't you? Uh, Wait a second. It jumped over the solar system. The grace of God does more abound. So if we see, and as we see in our community, and as we see in our culture today, we say, oh my God, everybody, this, this world is bad. This world is going to hell in a handbasket. There's sin, sin, sin. But don't you understand there is grace. There is so much more grace. That's God that the Lord has laid up for us to overcome the different things in our lives, to overcome the sin, to overcome the worry, the guilt, the shame, overcome what overcome anything the devil's trying to throw at us. As you look at the sin and say, oh, it's great. Know that God's grace is greater and God's grace enables you to be and to do. Say with me, God's grace enables me to be and to do. Are you hearing? Remember the statement that Paul said. He said, I am what I am by the grace of God. Because it is his grace that allows us to be and to do. Hallelujah. I can be saved. I can live holy. I can perform the works of Christ that he said. Hallelujah. By his grace. I can overcome the wicked one. By his grace. Hallelujah. Nothing can stop you or hinder you as long as you are abiding in the grace of God. We are saved by his grace. We are sanctified by his grace. The impossible is done by his grace. Amen. So if you see the condition of the culture of society and say, oh, boy, that old government. Oh, boy, they tore up from the floor up. I don't know. They need to check up from the neck up. Something's wrong with this government. Something wrong with all these people. There's so much sin. If you think that that's great, you haven't seen the grace of God because it has so much more abounded. You see, you saw sin go up and say, come down, but you're looking up. You haven't seen grace come down. It's still going. It's still going. It's still going. And it is that power that the born and the believer can tap into. Hallelujah. Remember, it is our responsibility as born and believers, as members of the body of Christ, as citizens in the kingdom of God. It is our responsibility to manifest heaven in the earth. Remember the Lord's prayer, our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And then what? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Where? On earth, in earth, as it is, as it is in heaven. You are responsible and I, we are responsible for manifesting heaven. That is going up and pulling out heavenly resources and taking it to those who have none. You are taking resources out of the kingdom and you're blessing the world. And as they see that, they also become blessed and become a part of the kingdom of God. They'll want to seek the king. Are you hearing me? As a general rule, the one who provides for you will rule over you. You can tweet that too if you like. The one who provides for you, the one who you, whom you see as your provider will be your ruler, will be your king. And when your king says jump, you're going to say how high. 
the one you see as your provider, the one you see as your king, that is the one who is ruling over you. If you see your job as your provider, your job as your source, when they say work on Sunday, how high, how long? When they say when you if you see your your husband or or your wife as your ultimate provider, your ultimate source, then if they say, well, I don't want you to go to church today. okay, because you see them as your ultimate provider or your source, whoever whoever you see as your ultimate provider or source, that's the one that's going to rule over you. If you see money as your ultimate provider and source, you're going to be a slave to money. And that's why we'll have problems releasing the tithe and offering to God. I can't get no talking here. Maybe we need to stay right there for a little while. Oh boy, let's let's move on from there. But this is why greed steps in because you think that money or job is the one providing for you. But if you see that God is the one who provides for you, then it's no problem releasing a portion of that that is given unto you. Hallelujah. 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 We need to get one of the things that we're going to purify in our heart is the spirit of selfishness and is a spirit of greed. Remember, if it's not found in Christ, it should not be found in you. If it's not found in heaven, it should not be found in me or around me. Does that make sense? If it's not there, it should not be here. If it's not there, it should not be here. And if it is here, you have the authority to cast that out because you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. You are God's temple in the earth. Glory to God. If sickness is not there in heaven, it should not be here either. Poverty is not there in heaven. It should not be here either. Lack is not there in heaven. It should not be here either. If it does not exist there, it should not exist here. Nobody's depressed in heaven, so depression should not be here. If it's not there, it should not be here. Are you hearing? So we're putting up with a lot of stuff that we shouldn't be putting up with. Are you hearing? Well, we've got to agree with God. We've got to agree with him. Now, again, we have to conclude that God wants us to see him. But why does God want us to see him? Well, the first part of the verse says that we'll be blessed. It says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. God wants you blessed. Sure he does. He says you are blessed if you see God. You're blessed. That is, you're highly favored. You're, you're to be envied. You have received God's uh, favor and grace, and it is manifesting in your life. Because understand something, when God blesses you, you can interact with it. It's not a quiet thing. People can see, oh, you are blessed. You are blessed of God. God has really blessed you. They can see the blessing when God blesses you. They can interact with the blessing. They say, oh, you are blessed. Look at that new car. Oh, you look at that new house. Oh, you are blessed. You got such a wonderful family. Oh, you are blessed, blessed. They can see the hand of God at work. And they declare out of their own mouth, blessed. You don't pay people to say, hey, I give you $5 if you call me blessed. I give you a quarter if you call me blessed. No, they immediately just began to declare uh, the state that they see. They see the blessing and they say it. You don't have to ask them. They see it and they say it. It is something that is revealed. God's blessing can be seen. So here again, you, the Bible says, blessed are the pure in heart. 
for they see God. So as you see God, you can expect the manifest blessing of God over your life. People will want what you have because you're able to see God. Are you hearing? But there's another reason why God has given us uh, the ability to see him with a pure heart. Are you still with me today? So understand something. God is right now conditioning your heart because a pure heart in today's society. Oh, boy, it's a foreign thing. You're going to need God in order to have a pure heart. You're going to need him. And we're going to be discussing how to have a pure heart as we continue in this series today. Because understand, if you have a pure heart, you will see God. It is a fact, a statement of fact. Not maybe, not might. You will see God. Once that part hits, you will see him. Glory to God. You will see him. And the blessing of the Lord will be manifested on your life. Are you hearing? But there's another reason other than just the blessing. Blessing is nice. That's the byproduct. That's what you get. It's like if you jump in a pool, you want to get wet. That's the byproduct. You want to jump in and get, get cooled off. Well, you got cooled off, but you got wet too. That's the byproduct. It comes with it. You get the wet with the water. It just comes with it. It just comes with it. You buy a car, you want to get a steering wheel. I hope you do anyway. It just comes with it. Just something that comes with it. Okay? All right. You buy a combo meal at McDonald's, fries just come with it. Some things just come with it. You don't have to say, uh, give me a, a combo and I want the Big Mac and I want the fries and I want the drink. No, you just order the number one and everything comes with it. I know it's a shame that I know it's a number one, but I don't know what else to say about it. Some things come with it. So as you see God, there are things that come with it. And the blessing is what comes with it. Are you hearing? All right. But there's another reason that you need to see as we are in time uh, laborers in the kingdom of God, as we are manifesting revival. There's another reason that the Lord wants you to see him. Not just for a purely selfish reason that you'd be blessed, although that's great, but there's another reason for it. And this is what I want to talk to you about while we, uh, while we have just a little time left. God is conditioning your heart that you may see him because once he allows himself to be seen by you, you'll become like him. As a general rule, what you see, you will become like as what you see, what you gaze upon, what you look at, you become just like that. Repeat after me. What I see will change me into what's looking at me. Let's say that again. What I see will change me into what's looking at me. What you see, what you stare at, what you gaze upon. Time after time after time, you begin to take on those characteristics. It is unavoidable. It will happen. What you see, you will become like. As Moses went up uh, and to uh, Mount Sinai to get the Ten Commandments, he was up in the presence of the Lord. He saw God. Remember, he asked the Lord, show me yourself. Show yourself to me. God told Moses, hey, you know, you're, you're a little bit too small to see all of me, but I'll show you some of my hinder parts. 
In other words, I'll show you some things that I've done. Moses saw God. And what happened as, as Moses came out, what happened to him? His face began to shine like a light bulb. His whole appearance was bright and shining. What he saw affected him. It changed him. When he saw God, he came out with another appearance. Does that make sense to you? What you see, you'll become like what you see. Even if we talk about uh, Paul, who later became Saul, he was one way before he encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus. He was knocked down off the horse and he saw the Lord and he was forever changed from that moment forward. What you see, you will become like what you what you become like is what you have seen by the only on the negative token. If you um, always putting negative images before your face, you become negative. If you always hang around negative people and they're always saying negative things and all you see is bad all around you, you become like that. It is unavoidable. You will you will become like that. You say, well, I don't want, I, I live by myself. There's no negative people. But you're looking at the TV and they're saying, uh, Jerry, 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 Jerry. And you're looking at all these programs and seeing negative, 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 negative. All of that is going to become, it's going to come into you. And you, you will model what you behold. There's another one. You will model what you behold. What you look at, you'll begin to model it. You begin to act it out in your own life. The friends you hang with, after a while, you hang around with them. You continue to see their pants on the ground, pants on the ground. After a while, you'll have your pants on the ground. Because you're beholding that. What you behold, you will begin to model. So the Lord said, here's what I want to happen. In these last days, I want my people to look like me. I want them to look like Christ. In order for that to happen, they've got to see me. And as you see God, you'll become like God. I didn't say you would be, I didn't say you would become God. Oh my Jesus, have help, have mercy on us, Lord. No, you become like Him. Remember the definition of Christian is Christ-like. You become like Him. Does that make sense to you? I want to be like Him. Now, let me take just a moment, just for a second. And let me ask you a question, because we talk about having a pure heart. And some things that would hinder us from having a pure heart would be the word S-I-N. What does that spell? Sin. Oh, thank God we can spell today. That's correct. Sin. That would be the thing that would be one of the things that would be hindering to our heart. What is sin? If I ask the question, what is sin? What is sin? I've asked that question before. Some people tell me, well, sin is uh, uh, getting drunk and or sin is adultery or sin is uh, uh, fornication or, or, or sin is all these little murder. And uh, what is sin? Sin is that? No, that's actually not sin. That's actually the outward working of sin. Are you hearing? If you look up the definition of sin in the in the Bible or in some Bible dictionaries, you'll see that. The word sin means a falling short, a missing the mark. You know, I've taken up an archery class and I am enjoying myself, 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 some archery. I enjoy hitting that little round target. And uh, I've never missed the background yet. I have not shot anybody yet either, which is very good. Praise the Lord. 
No animals have been harmed during this demonstration. But I like it. I know what the target is. I can clearly see the bullseye. And it is my goal to hit the bullseye. Every time I draw the the bow back, draw the string back, I'm doing my best to aim at the target, at the bullseye. I'm not aiming at the ceiling, the wall, the floor, the ground. I'm aiming at the bullseye. But every time I miss it, it is actually called sin. Sin is missing the mark. There is a mark. There is a goal. There is somewhere, there is something that I am supposed to achieve, something I'm supposed to attain. Missing the mark. Sin means missing the mark, falling short. I shoot the arrow and it goes way to the left or way to the right or up or down or it never even gets there. I missed the mark. I have sinned. Sin is missing the mark, falling short. Well, in order for us to really understand what sin is, we have to understand what the mark is. Not me, Mark. My name is Mark, but I'm not talking about me. You have to understand what the target is. Where's the bullseye? Where's the bullseye? You can't truly sin unless you know what the bullseye is. Are you hearing me? Or no one can truly accuse you if the bullseye, let me say it its way. No one can truly uh, accuse you of sinning if no one knows what the target is. If no one knows where the bullseye is, then who can accuse you of sinning? But God clearly defines what the bullseye is, what the target is. What is that? Being like him. The goal is to be like him. So if I sin, if I sin and hey, I curse someone out, sin, I missed the mark. I should have been like God in this situation and offered them grace and mercy. Does that make sense to you? If I commit, God help me if this ever, no, it won't ever happen. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, if I uh, slip up and murder somebody, if I slip up and murder somebody, or if I hate my brother without a cause, I should have been loving. I've missed the mark. Are you hearing? I've missed something. I've missed God. In that area. And that's what sin really is. And so as we get our hearts purified, that means we're we're becoming more like the father, more like him. And as we see him manifested in his word, as we see him uh, manifested in front of us or through dreams or through different encounters, as a heart becomes more and more pure, he'll begin to manifest more and more of himself to us. Does that make sense? And the more of God you see, the less you're going to sin. I guarantee you, everyone that is standing in the presence of God right now in heavenly places that can see God, I guarantee you, their doing sin is the last thing on their mind. I guarantee you, if Jesus stood right here where you can see him, the last thing you would think about, I need to go and get me another 40. I didn't shake as much in the club last night as I wanted to. Maybe I can go back and make up for it tonight. Hmm. I guarantee you, you won't be thinking about going out and doing more sin. If you see Jesus standing right here, you'll be on your face saying, God have mercy on me. Are you hearing? No, you're not talking about doing sin. You'll be repenting of the sin when you stand in his presence, when you're in his presence, his manifested presence present. Does, does that make sense? Amen. 
Let's go a little bit further, then we're going to close out today. In Romans, the eighth chapter, let me show you this. In Romans, the eighth chapter, you can write this down, verses 18 through 23. This is when we will see uh, really the definition of what you see. You become like this. And there are several other uh, scriptures that will help verify that. And some things that God has given us in the natural that will help you to see that as well. Let's look at this. Romans 8, verses 18 through 23. Listen to what it reads, how it reads. We may not go all of it, but verse 18 says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Stop right there for a moment. The things that you are going through right now, how terrible it is, and it is awful. That is nothing to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in you. With the light, with the glory of God, his presence that are going to be revealed in you. Just shortly in you, you in time believer, you in time warrior, you the one filled with God's revival, filled with the spirit. God's got glory that he wants to reveal in you. Well, how is God going to reveal his glory in us? Well, once we behold his glory, you'll see the glory on you. Let's look a bit further. Verse 19. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth on the manifestation of the sons of God. Stop right there. The earnest expectation of the creature. What's the creature? Really creation. Everything that God has created. The trees, the grass, the, the plants, the fruit trees, and all of it. The dogs, the cats. All of it. They're waiting on the manifestation or the appearing of the sons of God. The appearing of the sons of God. Sons talks about offspring. Those that look like God. All this is waiting on those that will appear and look like God. All creation is waiting upon the human race. Those that are born again to begin to manifest God outwardly. Because when we begin to look like God, something happens to it. Something happens to the trees, the grass, the cat, the dog, the mouse, all of it. Something will happen to all of creation when you and I begin to look like God. Let's, look, let's finish reading. It says in verse 19 again, for the earnest expectation of the creature, or all creation, waits, awaiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. Verse 20 tells us why. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself also uh, shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. What are you talking about? Well, when Adam sinned in the beginning, um, sin not only came into his life, but it also came into the plant life and the and the animal life and all of that stuff. And not only affected him, but it affected the entire planet. Before Adam's sin, uh, the fruit was more colorful, more flavorful. All the creation was brighter, greener, bluer. Everything, everything was nicer to a high degree. But when Adam sinned, creation slowly but surely began to get less colorful, less tasteful. Animals began to change. Everything began to get dull and darkened. And I would say dumbed down, so to speak. 
And so creation knows I can do more. And if you even look to in uh, the promised land, when the spies went out, they were able to get, it took two men to carry the clusters of grapes, these big grapes. They were big then, but they were even bigger back in the Garden of Eden. Creation has been dumbed down, dumbed down, dumbed down. Man's lifespan is going lower, 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 lower. So when man, uh, when the sons of God are revealed, when we begin to look like God, creation will also be affected. The grass will begin to get happy. It begins to look greener. The sky looks better when the sons of God, that is the children of God, begin to come forth. Does that make sense? It says, listen, he says, because verse 21, because the creature itself also was delivered or shall be delivered uh, from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the sons of God. So when we come forth, having a pure heart, when we come forth, creation is also affected. This is so wonderful. Listen to verse 22. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together uh, until now. In other words, creation knows and we know that there is something more to life than just this. I'm not sure if anybody has have ever felt in bondage. You felt and you knew that there was more to life than this. You could do more than this. You know that there is something else. There is something else. It's kind of like you have a, uh, you have a Porsche, one of those expensive cars. And you're only able to drive down a 35 mile an hour street. The car says, oh, I can do so much more. I can do so much more. Room, room, room. I can do so much more. And it travails and it travails and travails. The trees say, I can do so much more. I'm, I'm meant to produce fruit 12 times a year, 12 months out of the year. I can do so much more than just this one season. I can do so much more. It's travailing and we are travailing knowing, God, there's so much more. I want to fly. I want to do greater things for you. There is so much more. There's a travailing, just like with a woman in childbirth trying to push out the more. There's something more here. So the whole, it says, it says, for we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain until now. In verse 23, and not only they, but ourselves also which have the first fruits of the spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption uh, to wit the redemption of our bodies. I'm telling you, they are when we manifest, when we show up. Let me show you one more. Then we're going to close out in first John, the third chapter, first John three verses one through three. Now here again, this is another reason why we have to see God. Because when we see him, we become like him. The sons of God will begin to manifest, begin to appear. And the whole creation begins to change until the coming of the Lord. First John, the third chapter, verse one through three says this. And we are closing. It says, behold, what manner of love the father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Even right now. It says, therefore, the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. I love verse number two with the passion. It says, beloved, now are we the sons of God. Remember in in, uh, chapter Romans eight, it says the whole creation are waiting on the manifestation of the sons of God. But the scripture says now we are the sons of God. 
Truly, we are the sons of God. We are God's offspring, but it has not yet appeared what we are. And this is a more thing. This is a thing that is so frustrating that we are travailing because we know that there is more to it than this. Listen, verse two, it says, be uh, beloved. Now are we the sons of God and it do not yet appear what we shall be. Listen, but we know that here's what we know as the body. Here's what we know. And this is what we'll end off on today. Here's what we know. What do we know? But we know that when he shall appear, in other words, when we see him. When he shall appear, we shall be like him. When he shall appear, we will be like him. Why? For we shall see him as he is. When God shows us himself, we will be like him. Again, what you behold, you become like. What you behold, you become like. He said, we don't know everything, but we know that when we see him, when we see Christ, when we see God manifested in whatever form he would like to, that our minds can contain, our soul, our spirit can contain. When we see him, we'll become like him. And once we become like him, we'll, we'll, we will operate as him. Not, I didn't say, I didn't say we will operate and be him. I said we'll operate as him. He'll give us official authority to operate in the earth. Hallelujah. And verse three says, and every man that hath this hope in himself purifieth himself even as he is pure. Now we're going to really get into more in detail into all of this. But what are we saying today? And I, I pray that you were able to to stick around and, and pray that you were able to understand that it is God's desire to one, purify your heart. Why? Yes, you'll be blessed. Yes. But he desires to purify your heart so that you may see him. And when you see him, you become like him. And as you become like him, uh, creation begins to manifest. But creation begins to change. The world begins to change as we become like him. Not just talking about our small assembly here, but as all of the members of the body of Christ, those that want to release their hearts to God to purify their hearts all around the world as we become like the Father, as we become like Christ, true Christian people and not the hypocrite false stuff that's going on now as we become like him the world begins to notice and as we make a distinction they'll make a decision I pray you've heard the word of God today we'll stop there in Jesus mighty name Father, we, we pray that you were richly encouraged by today's message and that you've received a great blessing don't forget to contact us on our website at www.kingdomrock.org. We'd love to see you in a live service every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. And on Wednesday night, we start at 7 p.m. Come on out. Everyone's invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would so love to connect with you. And don't forget to stop by our website and check us out. Once again, our web address is www.kingdomrock.org. Well, until next time, my friends, remember that Jesus loves you so very much. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. God bless you. And we'll see you next time for more Kingdom Rock Radio.